Welcome to the Lone Star Plate Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong, and we are coming to you from Austin, Texas. The Lone Star Plate Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to our website, texasrealfood.com, and you can search your city for local restaurants, stores, butchers, farmers markets, and more. We're using organic, fresh, artisanal, and local sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. Now let's get started. Okay, so we've secretly ordered food from uh, Uber Eats, okay, and Hop Daddy. We decided to get food from Hop Daddy. Um, Hop, no, I'm saying that wrong. Hop Daddy. Sorry. Yeah, Hop Daddy. I, keep, I wrote it down as Hop Daddy. This is why, why I'm saying Hop Daddy. So it's Hop Daddy, um, not Hop Daddy. Sorry, that's a different place. Don't Google that. Um, and we ordered some uh, grass-fed burgers, Kobe burger. They got a classic burger, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So Hop Dotty, okay, that sounds like a Boston, you know, burger place. Let's go to Dotty's, right? Let's go to let's go to Hop Dotty's. Good thing we live in Austin. Uh, Nobody ever says that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that here. See, um, okay. So, uh, but as we wait for the food to arrive, you hear a voice there in the distance, right? That's um, judging me on saying daddy instead of daddy or the other way around. Uh, anyway, that, that's our, our guest, but we're getting to that. Um, as we in, wait for this food to show up, we've got some beautiful, uh, delicious chips and salsa um, to enjoy from Jaime Spanish Village. It's a Texas staple based here out of Austin that offers a delicious line of Tex-Mex salsas and queso. So you can go to JaimeSalsas.com to get more information on that. And the man that made all of that happen is actually my next guest. So let me introduce him. Okay. So he is the co-owner of RPM Kitchens. It's a shared kitchen space here in East Austin. He's also the founder of Taster's Table Club. It's a monthly dining communal dinner club. Uh, he can get more into that. He's also an advisor for Jaime Salsas, uh, Spanish Village. So let's welcome to the Lone Star Plate podcast, my good friend, Max Kunick. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, we're super excited to have Max here. Um, and yeah, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for bringing the salsa, providing it every time. Our last guests enjoyed it. All of our guests, they enjoy the salsa, man. I'm glad it's not too spicy for them. You know, yeah. we make it for Texans, so give it a little kick. But yeah, I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. Yeah, it's got to have a kick, right? I mean, otherwise it's not. Otherwise it's tomato. Salsa. Uh, yeah, otherwise it's tomato sauce. Otherwise it's marinara. Get some fucking mozzarella sticks in that bitch. Yep. You're not eating salsa. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I have just um, one question to start off with, Max. And uh, Trevor gave me the idea for this. What, what is your path to food? My path to food? What has been your path to food? Oh, wow. <laughs> How far back we want to go? <laughs> so growing up... <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? Yeah. No, growing up, I was not a foodie. Not, not even close. I was a uh, peanut butter and jelly guy with some Cheez-Its in my lunchbox. <laughs> and I might have like two fun size candies, like a Reese's and a Snickers. That's, yeah. that was my palate up until I was about 17. So it gets pretty deep. And then I started having turkey and cheese sandwich and that was crazy. So it really took me until I was out of my, uh, my parents bubble to start trying new foods Yeah, and, uh, got here to Austin, some food hit up some food trucks. They told me that I should order this. And all of a sudden I started really 
getting my palate based on what other people told me I should eat. Yeah. Because, you know, the people making the food usually know what's best. Yeah. And I started just adapting that. And then, you know, my family being in Uchi and Uchiko, I started just telling them, you know, this is what I like and don't like. And at first it was just like, just give me red meat and then some vegetables. <laughs> don't even hit me with raw fish. I don't like that. <laughs> then like three times later, I was like, yeah, raw fish. Get me, but no cooked fish. Yeah. And since then, that's been that's been it. I'm not, I'm still trying to get it down to where I yeah. like cooked fish, but I'll eat it. I'll eat pretty much anything once right and on. I'll give it a bite. Yeah, totally. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. So your father never, so your dad obviously enjoyed good food, right? To want to get Uchi going. Like he obviously enjoyed. It's not my dad. You know, huh? It's not my dad. Or, okay. So, but your family, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. So they get it going and. You know, obviously they enjoy finer food, right? So I'm surprised that didn't like, I don't know, as you were growing up, it wasn't like. It's not like we weren't eating fine food. Yeah. We were getting steaks. You just didn't. That's all you wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Some good steaks and filet mignon. I mean, you were happy with that. Really well cooked uh, chicken. Like, that was great. Let's go. (laughs) Some lasagna. I mean, I would eat some stuff, but nothing crazy. Food trucks are kind of really what opened it up, right? Like going yeah. to a food truck, like... Yeah, I mean, South Congress back in the day, I went to St. Ed, so you just walk down to South Congress. There was a there was a Nor- uh, New Orleans Cajun place and then all these kinds of other ethnic cuisines. And don't get me wrong, my family, we would always go and get ethnic cuisines. Yeah. and But it was always like just chicken totally. or just the beef one Simple with like stuff, different, yeah. different spices. And I like that. But... Anything out of the ordinary, like you wouldn't find me eating goat. Yeah. And I mean, pork, sure, but not that much. Yeah. Do you remember the very first food truck that you went to? Um, What was first? We might have gone. Hey, Cup, hey Cupcake might have been the first one that I got, went really? to. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I have no idea. I can't. I cannot for the life of me remember, uh, you know, the very first food truck. Yeah. I mean, I remember... I remember going to Hey Cupcake and then I remember going to this like New Orleans food truck and got a po' boy and it was like 12 inches long and I didn't know what to do with myself because he just stuffed it with shrimp. I was like, shrimp? All right. (laughs) Oh yeah, you don't really like, you didn't like shrimp then? I mean, I had had some shrimp, but it wasn't like a big factor in my diet. That's crazy. Like, I guess I just grew up so differently. So I hear stuff like that, that blows my mind because I grew up eating literally everything like as from a young you know so everything seen you know right so that that seems weird to me yeah Uh, but i get it i mean i get it you know um yeah that's that's well that's super interesting so now you're super into food obviously dude it's your whole life right like every aspect of your life is somehow revolved around food or yeah there's no way that i cannot be around food on any day i uh so i'm jewish and last week was Yom Kippur and I was yeah. fasting and oh I had to work a little bit. And my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to work? And you're fasting. I'm like, well, I'm just going to do some work and like just try not to think about it. Well, you know, first thing pops up, I'm on Facebook, just like answering some stuff through some different social medias and food is my whole entire feed. Oh my God. And I'm God. just like, this is miserable. So you wait, got- for Yom, Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. you can't eat? Yeah, for 24 hours, you can't eat. So it's like sundown 
the day before to some. Oh, it's just one day. Oh, it's just one day. Oh, dude, that you can handle that. You oh, look you at this handle. guy sweating bullets on you, Facebook feed for one day. You can, eat. you can handle it. I, I thought it was it. like a week no, or something. No, 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 no. Oh, I was no. like, God damn, that's like no, that's but it's not easy when that's you're around food hard, all the time. Totally. If you have to that, stop by the kitchen, people are cooking around you, totally. and they want you to try out some stuff. Like, it's no. still hard. I mean, I'm I'm bullshitting you, but one day is still hard to not eat anything. Yeah, that's still hard. no eating, no drinking. Or drinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really hard. Dude. The drinking is the harder part. For sure. You want just even water, right? Yeah, like, water. Just anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is kind of crazy. Boy, there's got to be, I'm sure there are, right? There's got to be, when you were a kid, were you always trying to find a way around that? Because, you know, I grew up Catholic, you know, and we always tried to find a way around Lent and, you know, no meat Fridays and like bullshit like that. We try to like, just find ways to, you know, finagle it. Yeah, like well, Lent, we would thing, say we we don't want we'd say, yeah, we're going to give up something we never did. Yeah, it was like easy to give up. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to give up cocaine, mom. Like, <laughs> Patrick, you're eight. You, what do you do? What do you mean? You give up cocaine. Yeah, where did you hear that word? You've been watching Miami Vice too much. Like, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would. We Usually you're in services all day, so you can't even yeah. get out of it unless you're trying to get like a peppermint. And th- that was really the only thing that like. They would, my parents would, my parents would kind of let like gum go because someone has bad breath or whatever, like just have a gum. Yeah, man. Like even a little Tic Tac is breaking. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, shit. Okay. So you got through that day, you know? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, let's get back on track here. So, Mm -hmm. so uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Taster's Table Club because that's what I'm really interested in. Um, I mean, all of it, but. Um, let's just describe what that is to people, because honestly, before you started that, I hadn't really heard of something like that. Right. So let's just kind of let the people know what this is. Yeah. So Taster's Table Club, it's a membership model. You pay a hundred dollars a year to be a member and that gets you access to our dinners, which are always on the third Tuesday of the month. And our whole goal is to get you to try out different restaurants and it's usually six courses and a drink. You sit with eight to 12 other people, sometimes a little bit more. And it's all about exploring what the restaurant does every day. So our goal is that you go into the restaurant, get the six courses, and then you know that you like something of the six courses. And then you can go back and tell your friends it's a marketing event for the restaurant. But it's a really easy and cool and affordable way for you to go out and get out of your little bubble of places that you always go to. Because everyone has like their four or five places they know they like. And honestly, when you go online and start searching what new places are good or whatever, you start getting 50 places and there's six that just open. You just don't know what's good. Yeah. Uh, so our our platform is kind of an easy way. It's like we give you three different options. You choose from one of those. Once a month, we know that you're trying out a new place. And like the dinners are between 30 and 60 bucks with tax and tip included, which in Austin, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, most of the time you're spending 50 bucks it's a great without deal. even without even blinking an eye. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that for like three years now. We just opened in, uh, Houston and Portland and, uh, we're just kind of, kind of keep growing in, give exposure to restaurants. Yeah. Dog. And, uh, keep growing the membership group and we keep getting great new people that are joining. And that's really what makes Taster's Table Club what it is. It's like, you know, you inherently are going to talk with these people that you're sitting with because you're sitting with them for two hours most of the time. And it's going to be about food. And that's kind of the whole thing. It's like everyone loves food. New food, new mm-hmm. friends. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's your new tagline. You can have that for free. 
Thanks. So I think it's a fantastic idea. I think the company's fantastic. Um, as you know, as we both know, when I uh, when I owned Boca, I did a few dinners and hosted a few dinners for you know people to come and and try the food. And um, it is it really is a great um, setup for both sides, right? I think even for the restaurant side and for the consumer side, like everybody wins. You know, from the restaurant side, you're getting to reach out to all these new people that can go and tell 10 friends, right? Yeah, because word, word of mouth yeah. marketing still and the they're foodie best people, marketing. Right, they're foodie people. So those are the people you want to impress anyway. Somebody that just gets your shit on the way home and you know is just going to watch Dancing with the Stars all night, they don't give a fuck about what food they just got from you. Like They just don't care. But when you have someone that made a choice to join a, a dinner club, go out to, you know what I mean? Like make an appointment, go to this place. Like it's a big deal. So those are the people you want excited about your place and to spread the love. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. And it brings you with other people that are foodie people too. You get to talk to them. Every dinner that I've hosted, you know, obviously I'm in the kitchen a lot of the time. So um I mean you've gone to there. one too. You've gone to a couple. I've sat I sat at a couple too. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean when you're you, you see the difference like when you're out at the table, you're like, oh okay, this is what this is like. Like this is a lot of fun. We we get to talk to all these people. Honestly both times I just laughed the entire time. Ate great food. I was a little tipsy when I left because of the wine. I felt great. I mean, it was like, what the hell? It had everything I needed. Like, it was a great, it was just a great, both great times. Um, and cooking for them is fun too. You know, you you get to try some new stuff. Um, again, these are people that are excited to try your food. Yeah. And then, right? and then I mean, to add on top of that, we have feedback cards that we're giving to the totally, restaurants, which, which is like, Priceless. It's pure honest feedback yeah. and it's not going Priceless. up on Yelp or whatever. Totally. And so that's a good point. You you just get that. And sometimes, you know, I, I can't say that we're giving good reviews every time. But I mean, most recently we had a restaurant that actually did two dinners and the first dinner they didn't do that great. And then we gave him the notes and the chef reached out to me. He's new to the restaurant. I'd worked with him before. He's like, I'm not used to getting bad reviews. Uh, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not in charge of the menu yet. I was like, here is all the ammo you need to take to ownership to be like, hey, we need to change the menu. Yeah. Literally the next week, changed up the menu. Totally opposite reviews. That's, so, I mean, that's adapt. that's really it's like it's you can you save can, the business. Yeah, you can take it. You can take it or you can leave it. Yeah. We're just giving you raw feedback. Totally. That then that's priceless. If you're a smart business person, that's priceless. That really is priceless. Uh, and it is honest. And again, these are from people that know food, like food, and some of them who have been as this uh you know, membership club grows, so does the experience you gain from being in it, right? So the longer you're in it, you're a veteran. Like, yeah, I've been to 500 of these dinners. Like, exactly. Like, no, you, you get to know, you start to know ingredients. Oh, yeah, I know. This is, they fly this shit in from Argentina, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm not going like, to say they're that they're that good there's yet. There's probably some people Look, that... Look, I've have, been going to these dinners <laughs> forever, for as long as it's existed, and I still don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> there might be one... But uh, I can tell you that our members another. know the difference between a good dinner and a not good dinner. Right. And like a... Uh, you can tell the difference between the restaurants that are putting it out there and really like trying to show it off versus yeah. like the ones that are half-assing it. And the service too. And that's, the that's bar, all part of it. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, every, every aspect. But I mean, the thing is uh, like we've done food trucks, we've done like yeah. super casual restaurants yeah. and we've done high-end restaurants. Yeah. And I tell the, the casual restaurants, so like, you know, you don't have to go out of your way to do it, to service it, but like you should probably come out and just tell the story at least to start. Yeah. 
they're customers. It's like the fact that you even have to convince somebody how to treat their customers, right? That's that's crazy to me. Like mm-hmm. anybody that walks into your place of business, you should be wanting to tell the full story to, regardless of who it is. Like the fact some people get into the idea that some customers are more important than others. That's the problem. And now on some levels that may be true, like this guy has a million dollars. This guy is asking me for a million dollars. Right? I want this guy that's coming in to spend money versus this person that's costing money. I get that. But at the end of the day, you, you a lot of times don't know who's who. You know, you can't tell by somebody's whatever anymore. It used to be you used to be able to tell by shoes and watches and sunglasses who has money and who doesn't. But nowadays that's just gone. I'm sorry, but you can't tell that anymore. So especially not in Austin, you don't know, you don't know who's a millionaire and who's not. It's probably the guy you least think is probably the most loaded (laughs) The guy walking around in shorts and some scruffed up shoes and a hat that's backwards. Yeah. That's the millionaire. Watch out. Totally. Exactly. Probably is a millionaire. Um, you, you, a lot of times if you're flaunting it, it's probably because you don't have, you're trying to act like you got, (laughs) it you know you're leasing it yeah you're leasing it yeah (laughs) renaissance shout out anyway (laughs) the food's here the burgers are here the fries let's dig in max let's Um, do it let's see what we got here all right what that looks good the lano poblano i mean i like the bun got a nice little perfectly toasted bun um, I've got I've got, some, I've got bacon and what looks like I've got onions Monterey Jack maybe oh, you got bacon damn all right I got yeah. you know beef I got tomato some caramelized onions oh and the poblano on some here. spring greens oh nice little brie on here brie I like that oh yeah mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge based on color oh please. <laughs> You should hear when these mics drop, people. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a, I'm getting a little salty, a little yeah. too demasiado salty for me. I don't know if it's the onions or the meat is is over seasoned. I'm just being real, okay. I'm not saying don't go to Hop Daddy. Go there, but well, I mean, you maybe can, you might be able you might be able to go to Hop Daddy though. You're never going to be able to go to Hop Daddy. I hate that the place is called Hop Daddy. Or yeah, they should change their name. <laughs> yeah, they, they're a successful chain right. with like eight locations. But Hop based, Dottie, that's the dumbest name I ever heard. Now, based now on Patrick's heard. opinion, they should just change it. They they're, should change they're never it. gonna make it. Hop Daddy is a much better name. It flows off the tongue. Hop Daddy, I know that. What's a Dottie? I don't know what a Dottie is. I never been to a Dottie. I don't know what a Dottie is. I don't. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not. It's like a drink you order. Like, give me two Dotties. What's What's a Hop Daddy? I don't know, but I know what a daddy is. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you know, I, hop daddy. I don't know what a hop daddy is either. I just for some reason, those are two words that I know: hop and daddy. <laughs> I don't know dotties. I don't know. It just sounds weird. Um, you know, so I keep saying it wrong. But hop dotties. Yeah, I mean the burger's good though. It's solid. Honestly, it's got some weight to it, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm getting my I'm getting my money's worth because it's like ten fucking dollars. Sapplewood bacon on here is pretty solid. Supposedly, I have Kobe beef here. Okay, grass-fed. It is nice. It does taste nice. I can definitely tell the difference between this meat and just, you know, fucking McDonald's, okay? Do you, think, do you think Kobe beef should be put in a burger? 
Yeah. At what point? At what, uh, at what? At what point is the the ground meat too high, or is the meat too high level to be ground? I mean, fuck. It's still gonna be a little bit better burger, you know. I think when you make a burger, you actually want to mix meats, which d- people don't do. So you want some little brisket. Well, yeah, this, isn't that like the 60 40? Yeah. Lean, they do like a 60, 60 20 20. Hmm. You use three different meats and you can get the right trifecta, you know. So using just a straight up Kobe beef ground to make a burger, that's not going to be your best burger. It's not. Is it more, I think, has to do with the repercussions of what's behind that burger, right? Like the environmental advantages to eating the Kobe beef, right? That I know that that animal is treated better and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, you know, blah, 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 down the line of the chain of things that, that that's a better decision, right? To eat that meat. It might not taste better. It might taste just the same as the other one, but the back end of that meat is better for us. So that's kind of the choice, you know. I think people expect sometimes when they see organic or this, they expect it's going to have this wow flavor and blow you away. It's like that's not why you're buying it. You're not necessarily buying it because the flavor is going to blow you away. You're, You're buying it because it's natural. It came from whatever, you know, the lineage to make that happen is more environmentally safe or fiscally you know, advantageous to the culinary movement as a whole. You know, that's another reason to choose that type of food, not just because it's going to taste better. It actually might taste, who knows, it might taste worse. I I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel like the most of the time when I'm getting like the farm raised, whatever, from like, especially at the farmer's markets, not necessarily at the grocery store, you get the farm raised eggs versus like those H-E-B, whatever, high quality eggs. Uh, There's a world of difference there. That yolk is so much more flavorful. Creamier, right? Yeah. And and same with the fruits and vegetables. They just have more flavor. I don't know if it's it's because they've been transported for so long once they get to the store or if it's because of the mass agriculture thing, whatever. I don't know. That's Um, that's a good point. Or whether it's because I feel better because I'm supporting the local people. <laughs> I don't <laughs> could be know. It too. could be a mental thing, yeah. but they do always taste better. The eggs, the eggs, there's no, I think no so doubt too. about it. Uh, eggs for sure. I, I agree. I mean, milk. Right, milk is another example of if you get some farm milk versus just, you know, whatever. When was the last time you got milk squeezed right off the teeth? <sighs> I don't know. Three weeks ago? month ago? Really? Yeah. I have yet. I haven't had it yet. It was delicious. I had a whole gallon, half gallon of it. Mm. Brought home, unpasteurized. Yeah, we went. We went to a farm for tasting Texas, the Jersey Farm. Go check it out. It's in Lagrange, Texas, about an hour east of Austin. And Lagrange, what what, you trying to make it French or something? (laughs) What what do y'all say? Lagrange. Lagrange. What are you trying to make it sound like redneck? <laughs> Lagrange. Go yeah, Lagrange. Ask, ask the people that live there. <laughs> it's not Lagrange. It's Lagrange. That's how I said it when I arrived too. <laughs> so I'm they, sure they looked at you funny. They, they did. They all looked at each other like, "Who the fuck is this city slicker?" I was like, "Am I am I on the right path to Lagrange? <laughs> you have any gray poupon?" Um, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, they had a uh, milk, um, you know, 
straight from the teat. I guess if you're on a tour too, they'd let you, they'd let you actually touch the teat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we weren't on the tour, so I didn't get to touch the teat. I took their word that it came from the teat to the bottle, but yeah, I believe them. The taste was there. The flavor's there. It's intense. It's an intense, thick shake. You know, it's, uh, it's a different milk. Um, I don't think it's something you can drink a lot of, to be honest with you. I think it's something you got to be careful of. You shouldn't be drinking too much milk anyway. It's not that good for you. Are you like, is it like, much. should be taking like a mezcal where you're just sipping on a Not that shot of kind of stuff, but just, you know, regular glass of milk with your cereal and stuff. I just wouldn't overdo it. Um, I would honestly use it best for shakes. That would be great to make that sort of milk, make ice cream with that stuff. Ooh. Now we're talking. That's, that's where it's at, you know. It's almost like a cream, heavy cream. I mean, you could fucking whip it into, um, you know, whipped cream or something. Um, but yeah, uh, where, where were we going with the milk? How did we even get on that? I don't even remember. Where, Couldn't tell where... you. God damn it. <laughs> you know, this tends to happen when Patrick and I get together. Oh my we'll gosh. go off on like 15 minute tangents and then Holy forget where cow. we're at. So yeah, I like my burger. I'm halfway through it. I do want to try some of these fries though. Talking about organic stuff, I guess. Um, okay, so let me ask you this, Max. This is a question I ask everybody on the podcast now because it's 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 intense, okay? And it can be dividing. Mm. Uh, it can create tension. Um, and But I know that your insight will help broaden the argument. So hit me. When you hear the words, all natural, what does that mean to you? (laughs) All natural. Wow. Everybody says something completely different. Yeah. I mean, for me, all natural means that you're, there's going to be no fillers in there. That all the stuff doesn't matter if it's GMO or non-GMO. It just came from something that was natural that came from the ground or that ate from the ground or whatever. That's what natural means to me. Okay. Uh, but saying that, if you have natural flavors on your thing, that drives me insane. It's misleading, not, right? Not one person knows what a natural flavor is. <laughs> not one person. You can, that, you, can you can ask anyone in the industry. Like I've been to all kinds of trade shows for salsa and whatever. Nobody can tell you what a natural flavor is. Like what's it take to make a natural flavor? That's a good point. There's all kinds of chemicals that take to make a natural flavor. That's, that's crazy. not natural. That's crazy. It's wild. And that's that's what's being used on like naturally flavored. Oh, with natural flavors. How I mean, are you infusing with fruit? Like with real fruit? Is that how we're getting this natural flavor? No. It's with chemicals like 90% of the time. Well, I agree with that. Um, yeah. That is misleading. You know, it's like um I read something in on the news about um Capri, you know, like those fruit juice box, like for kids and stuff, would be like Capri Sun or oh, high, Capri Sun or High C or this. And I love that shit, right? Oh. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, but they have on the what? What's all over the packaging? Fruit. Yeah, there's actually no fruit in it. There's not one. But not their one. whole packaging is all fruit and and it literally showers of shit. Yeah, fruit punch has no zero. I mean, fruit. I grew up. There was Kool Aid in hilarious. my fridge at all times. Yeah, it was sugar free Kool Aid. But that's not cool. I oh what oh my god! Your parents child abuse. No, it was great. Jesus. I still I still will drink it. You like sugar free Kool Aid? It's no. I, if you're sugar, gonna drink Kool Aid, that's like drinking alcohol without beer. I mean beer without. When was alcohol. the last time you had sugar free Kool Aid? Never. 
Yeah. Well, you don't know then. Sugar. You're, ig- you're ignorant from that like, opinion. That's like. That's like I just had sugar Kool Aid on Tuesday, and let me tell you, my teeth hurt afterwards. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe there was sugar in it. They, they're lying to you. Let me tell you. They didn't put no sugar in that. Give me a break. When they say sugar-free, there's got to be something in that that's misleading. Let's break that down. What in there? They're giving you sugar somehow. They're giving you sugar somehow. But somehow, you know that that labeling it makes you feel better. It's just it's just like it's just like when these vodka companies are putting gluten-free on their vodka. Let me tell you, vodka's never had gluten in it ever since the beginning of time. And they're all putting gluten free on it. I was just I was at an event yesterday and this woman was like, the first thing she said is, Yeah, this is a gluten free vodka and it's low calorie. It's like, oh, since when did, yeah, vodka has a lot of calories? Any any vodka? Smirnoff? <laughs> Ton of calories on your Smirnoff vodka? Well, that's um yeah, that is interesting. It's distilled so, with grains. Yeah. But grain it's vodka, distilled it's distilled so many times every vodka. Yeah, uh, it's distilled, free. and so then it's, it takes out all the gluten. Yeah. I mean, it's alcohol, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Well, so there's these. Uh, okay, you go to the store and you buy meat, right? Mm-hmm. The chicken and stuff, and it'll say, it'll say no hormones, no antibiotics. Yeah. Did you, did you know that no chickens have hormones or antibiotics in the United States? Really? Yes. I I did not know that. They're not allowed. Any chicken is not allowed to have that. Oh. But they put it on their packaging like it's some big deal. It's not any. No chicken has it. You're never going to see a chicken package that says with hormones and antibiotics because then none of them can have it. Huh. It's a total myth. To, so then, to, what's what's Tyson using to make their chickens big? They um they use a type of chicken okay that grows at an exceptionally uh fast rate. Is this a genetically modified chicken? Yes. Okay. It's a genetically modified chicken, but it is a specific type of chicken. I forget the name of it. Oh, it's coming to me. I can't think of the name of the chicken. It's specifically used in America, and it grows so fast, actually, that its legs can't even barely support itself. To I remember around. watching this with Food Inc. back in the day. It, there's a, there, it, it was something in Food Inc. I'm sure about it. I'm sure it's probably in lots of documentaries, but they grow so fast. They even outgrow their feather stuff. So when you see some of these chickens, they'll have these bald patches on them because the, the, it didn't, the feathers didn't even have time to grow out because they're growing so fast. And they cut them young and they chop them up and, and blah, blah, blah. And they do the free range and you know organic and all this stuff. And, and the honest truth is all those chickens are safe to eat. Okay, there's nothing wrong with any of those chickens. No chickens have are pumped with hormones and antibiotics. That's all bullshit. So all the chickens fine uh, to to eat. Really, it's not. It's more. It's a mental how thing. it's. It's really a mental thing, and really just how it's processed more than how the chickens raised. Because most chickens are raised pretty identically um, across America, at least. But how they're processed afterwards is different. Because everybody's company is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, the same farmers provide the same chickens to all these different companies, or they're sign these like exclusive deals to say, okay, I'm gonna be your chicken farmer, you know, for whatever company, and I'll only, you know, work with you and and blah, blah, blah. They provide the seed, everything's the same, and it's across all all whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of myths like that that they put on packaging, even if something might be organic or natural is it's just the I've, same. I've been focusing on the pasture raised. Right? Like, I want them to be able to walk around. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how real it is and it's really hard to fact check all that, but yeah. 
That's that's where that's I, what I would choose over cage free. Would be pasture yeah, raised. Pasture raised. That's what I usually try and go with. That's really pink in the middle. That is pretty pink. I'll I'll give right. you that. Well, yeah, that's well, pretty pink. I'm still mooing. That's still mooing. <laughs> yeah. And it had time to c- still cook inside of this on its way here. You know how it still kind of keeps cooking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So imagine what they were doing over there. But I guarantee you, they had the Kobe on this one, so they were like, "Oh, that we shouldn't push it." Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to overdo that, motherfucker. You know. On that particular meat, anytime people have like great meat, that's the that's the one one big mistake you can't make is overcooking it. No, you won't fucking, that's a that's a big no no. I can kill you. I've seen people get shanked in the kitchen for overcooking a steak before. <laughs> they just literally took two to the right rib, you know, just like bam, you, you're done. You are sucking dick for the next three shifts in the walk in. Is this? In the U.S. or abroad? This is a personal experience of mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, was, this was in your house. This is actually 1999. Uh, <laughs> summer of... <laughs> uh, no. Someone write a song about this? Yeah. Someone... <laughs> <laughs> they did. Summer of 69. Um, so the only thing about these fries, though, has nothing to do with them. They're just hard as a rock, right? Because they're cold now. But, yeah, I'm sure they were nice and crispy. Holy. I mean, they if, they're, all, if they're this texture now, I'm sure that they were pretty tasty. One time I went to Hoppies and I went and got the burger. I got the fries and then I got one of their amazing shakes. Oh, those the boozy one when the boozy ones. I don't remember. Oh, I didn't know they do boozy ones. I'm not sure. I don't oh, yeah. think it was the a boozy salted one. caramel boozy milkshake. Oh man. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe maybe it had. I don't know if it had booze or not. Um, you know that would have stayed pretty good totally. on the way here. Oh man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that that would have been great. Yeah, sure. Um, but that was like a. I mean, I remember just walking out of there like holy shit. Because you know what they don't have here in Austin is a place called Brahms. Have y'all ever heard of a place I've called heard Brahms? Of it. Mm-hmm. Brahms has to me the best burgers on the planet. A hundred percent and the best fries. The best fries and burgers and milkshakes. Bold, and, bold and, statement. And, and there. ice cream. They have the best ice cream, wow. the best shakes. That's a trifecta. Fucking Brahms, dog. This is fucking Brahms. If you know Brahms, you know what I'm something just happened inside your body right now. A reaction to me saying Brahms. <laughs> The milk is delicious too. The milk is over. It's expensive. Everything's expensive there, but it is phenomenal. And yes, their burgers and fries are just unreal. Their shakes. That's what reminds me of this place, you know. But Brahms is better, even though it's more like divey. Divey. Yeah. More fast casual. This has money behind. It. I mean, you walk into this place, right? It's all stainless steel and Old propel, old airplane propellers and shit. You know what I'm talking about? They've got their liquor license. You know, you can oh, get a beer while right. you're standing in line. I mean, that's great and all, but it is very hipster, which is fine. So if you're looking for a hipster burger place, you know, it's great. They do cool stuff. They do have great ingredients on the burgers. So if you go there, you're not just going to get a regular burger. So I do like that. The bun itself, the hamburger bun bun, the bread is delicious, right? Mm-hmm. It's good buns. It's a good place. Sometimes I try to find reasons not to like hipster places, but in this case, you just the food's good, so I gotta give it to them. All right, I'm glad we went full full circle yeah. on that one. But I'm a little upset about the airplane propellers <laughs> because that definitely increased the cost of my burger. Now my burger costs about a dollar fifty more because I gotta pay for that fucking badass you know painting you just put over the 
you know, bar that nobody looks at. You know, tell us how you really feel. I mean, let's let's dive Come into on. that. Let's why do you be, why do you hate the airplane propeller? Look, let's be real. When you eat at a restaurant, are you not paying for more than the food? I mean, that's what they say. But if you look, if you look you at if you look at my Tinder profile, it says if you care more about the ambiance <laughs> than the food at a restaurant, we're just not going to be compatible. Okay, listeners, go check out Max's Tinder profile. <laughs> okay, look him up. It's also got three pictures of me in the process of eating a taco. <laughs> Max eating a taco. Look him up on Tinder. <laughs> Hit him up, fellas. Okay, he likes to go for long walks on the beach, Zilker Park, um, paddleboarding, um, bingo on Tuesdays. Bingo uh, on Tuesdays. That's the one that's um, the truth. The other ones are false. Yeah, <laughs> the other ones are false. I don't oh. like long walks on anything. <laughs> Um, okay. Mac. My dog is is getting all crazy over here. So oh wait, there is something that I want to talk about. Something like crazy that I saw on the news that you're not gonna believe this. Okay. Was it that the impossible burger is actually not good for you? Tell me about that. What are, what are you talking about? I just about? read an article saying that the impossible burger is not good for what you. What is the impossible burger? Let's go it's over like that. It's like a it's like a vegetarian burger. And it's it's the new craze. So all, this is all the, the fast no food meat, restaurants right? are like trying to carry it. You said it's not good. You tried it. Oh, I haven't tried it. I'm saying it's not good for you. They're saying it's not good. Yeah, for the you. doctors are saying it's not good for. How's that possible? Because they're because it's not like just veggies. It's all kinds of other fillers and stuff. They just put all this bullshit in there, right? Yeah. Chemicals. Jesus, people. But this is a little off topic, but. This is something I thought about the other day. Okay, when you know when you're at a bar, okay, this is an observation I made. One, I used to bartend, so this is how I know this. But if a, this, I'm going I'm to open your guys' minds up, okay? If you're at a bar, people, and you order a drink, and the bartender comes up, sets the drink down, and walks away quickly, that drink's going to suck. I'm going to tell you that right now. One, he didn't make eye contact with you. He wants to get the fuck out of there so fast because he didn't want to see your face after you taste the drink. So if a bartender hands you a drink and then kind of lingers around there, you know, maybe they like play in the ice well or you see them like fiddling with shit that, they, you know, they don't need to be fiddling with. You know why? Because that drink is good to them and they want you to taste it and give them like a thumbs up about Some it. validation. Yes. So that's the sign, guys. If your bartender helicopters, you know, around after he's made a drink for you, it signs are that will be a good drink. At least he thinks it's a good drink, right? He put his effort into it. If they if they drop off that drink and hightail it, I guarantee you it's not going to be that good. Think of, I mean, logically that just makes sense, and that's what happens. And subconsciously, bartenders don't even think about it. They just naturally do that without thinking about it because you're like, shit, we're busy. I made a drink. I throw it down, and I'm gone because I know I didn't put enough ice or I didn't hit it with the right amount of alcohol, and I know it's not right. And that's why I'm setting it down. If it's not right, why would I hang around? You're going to look at me and be like, this ain't right. So I'm going to have to make it again. You know, so that's just a little observation. I don't know what show I was watching on TV. I said, I got to make a note of that and bring that up on the podcast. So if you're out drinking and that happens, that's what's going on, guys. If the bar is super busy, don't order a complicated cocktail. That's another great point. <laughs> yes. Don't fuck over Vodka, the bar. soda? You can't mess it up. I don't care if you don't look me in the eye when you're serving great it to point. me. <laughs> people that order like that don't go out very often no that's why they order that like, they, yeah they, give me 
give me some crazy drink. Six six totally. six ingredient drink. Totally. And we're at eleven o'clock and the bar is at capacity. They're trying to impress somebody they're with. <laughs> right. Give me a Mai Tai. Or they just don't know. They just don't go out very often. So they're the type of person that orders the same drink every time they go out, no matter where they're at, how busy the bar is, or what the fuck's going on, they order the same drink. I'm at the bowling ball, you know, uh, bar. I'm at the airport bar, or I'm at, you know, this fancy place. I'm ordering the same drink. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that's a great point. If don't, I'm at a fancy order. bar, I don't care. I'm going to order. I'm going to order the fancy drink because yeah. I'm there. Well, I'm trying, to I mean stick, is, I'm trying to stick my pinky out there. Totally. But at the same time, you kind of understand some of the rules of, of what's going on. So, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, don't if it's super busy, don't order some complicated drink for the bar that they've got to take 15 minutes uh, for your one little, you know, muddle this, muddle that. I've yeah, I mean, I will say I'm, it's a little hypocritical because two weekends ago, I went on a buddy's birthday party and we did a Sazerac crawl. And uh, oh bartenders God. are not huge on that one. Let no. me tell you, we got a couple uh, middle fingers when we ordered 15 Sazeracs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would have said, what is this, 1917? Get the fuck out of here, great, great Gatsby's. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, we went to seven bars and got seven different Sazeracs. Those are intense drinks. I'm surprised that you had more than one. <laughs> uh, we, I was walking at the end. This is the fifth year we've done that. Most people just that do not order Sazeracs like that's not. Yeah, a, no, it's not a normal thing, it's not and that's what thing. makes it more fun because no. you go into the bar. No, that's what Grandpa orders. Yeah, yeah, you go into the bar, and I mean, there's only like seventy percent of the bartenders that might maybe know how to make a Sazerac, and maybe about even those bartenders Googled it. I guarantee yeah. you, because you haven't made it in a year anyway, and you're like, "Fuck, let me make, let me double check." And twenty percent of those might make a good one. To- <laughs> even then they probably don't want to make it good because if i make it good for you you're going to order it again mm. so i'm going to fuck it up and then you're going to be like yeah there's a reason i don't but the this. thing is we had we That'll had we had a ratings card and people saw the bartender saw us with the rating cards oh shit <laughs> so they were like fuck so the head bartender would come over if they saw the their bartender making a bad one just be like hey that was that bad i'm going to toss it out. i'll make you yeah. a fresh one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man that is funny. Dude, bartenders can be little pricks. Okay, I'm just going to say it. One, I used to bartend, okay? So I'm an ex-bartender. We used to be, you know, we do pricky things. We we can do pricky things. But there's a reason behind it. We've been burned. Something's happened. We take care of people that then in turn don't take care of us. That's a big thing for bartenders is about pride because they always feel like burnt by people, right? Like, I took care of you and then you fucked me over. You know, I took care of you and your friends and... Did all this extra stuff for you and then nothing, right? Um, so that could be tough, you know. It, it can, you, you kind of, you can be lost in some places, you know, because you're, you're doing something that maybe doesn't get appreciated as much, you know. So, um, but it's also like the most fun I've ever had at working at a place was bartending by far because you're just running the show. It's not like Tom Cruise and Cocktail. Okay, there are places like that, but that's not generally... Uh, what the hell's going on? Um, you're not throwing around bottles uh, because your boss will fucking fire you for tossing around <laughs> bottles. What the fuck are you doing? You're going to drop one. Most people <laughs> drop bottles if they try to talk. Don't, no bartenders know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, you know, most bartenders don't. They just know how to combine, you know, soda and vodka and put a lime wedge in it. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty good at that one. That's what yeah. most bartenders, you know, so there's a difference between like a cocktail maker 
right? And a bartender. A mixologist. You know, yeah, this new word, mixologist, which came out around, I remember like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, that term started to float around. Mixologist. Everyone wanted, you know, I was wearing like, you know, the uh, seersucker? Uh, no, the what, the vest, you know, and a little tie. And this was like, you know, 2012, 2011, um, you know, get the little beard going with mm. a little, you know, everyone was like top hats. I don't know. It was like, what Sweeney are we, Todd, the prestige? Time. Yeah, a total Sweeney Todd, like bartending um, that became because you wanted to be thought of more. That, that, you know, it went through a period where bartenders want respect for what we're doing and they wanted to get more creative with the cocktails just like food was getting is blown up right and got more creative and there's shows all over you know television and cable and the internet of how uh, different food is and the same thing with drinks i mean drinks and bars right they took off and it's just a much different um thing i mean everyone's excited to make some new cocktail or some new thing with some new ingredients i like that i think that's cool i think it keeps it interesting for the bartenders and keeps them excited and and keeps them you know uh excited to go to work right and and excited to kind of keep serving you so i don't know what what's your favorite place to get cocktails in town cocktails yeah. mm. uh there's a like a little speakeasy here nor there uh they make a really good what's cocktail. it called here nor there it, that's what the place is called mm -hmm. here nor there mm -hmm. that's that's fucking confusing yeah well it's a speakeasy. Is it it's here? It's not supposed to be. Is it here or there? It's not supposed to be convenient. Is that So the joke must be that when you arrive there, you must arrive, look up at the front of it and go, is it here or there? Yeah, that's right? exactly that how it is. It's does? like in an alley and there's no signs. And you, and have, to goes, hit, here you have to hit a code. Okay, that's kind of cool. Is it here or there? Uh, but then why call small, it Small that? Victory also makes a really good cocktail. Small Victory? Mm-hmm. If you get the right bartender at, uh, <laughs> a really at Whistler's. A really bad sexual joke. Yeah. I'd say that's how. Never, nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not, not that type of podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, I heard the other ones apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whistler's makes a good cocktail if Whistler's. you get the right bartender. Yeah. Too. It's all about the bartender, right? Do mm -hmm. you go to, are there bars that you go to because of the bartender? Do you have like a bartender you go see? Mm, like, I mean, I'll I go know. to Parlor and Yard because I know bartenders. There, yeah. But there's not, I don't go out enough anymore consistently to the same places that I have yeah. bartenders. Did you ever at one point had a, you know, like, yeah, I got, you know, Joe Blow down at this place. Yeah, I but I would go to the bartenders because they were my friends, not necessarily because they were making the best cocktails. Got you. Yes. Well. Now, were they your friends before they were bartenders or did you make friends with them while they were bartenders? While they were bartenders. That's the key. Mm -hmm. That's that's the key. A good mm -hmm. bartender, you don't go to them because they they make the best drinks. It's you go to them because they're your friend. They yeah. they whatever they they're mm -hmm. there for you in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> I think that's great. Um, that that's a lot of restaurants too, right? Not every place you go eat is your whatever favorite place of food, but you might go there because oh, the seating's cool, or I know Joe Blow that works there, and this happens, and it's on the way home, and blah blah blah. Um, so that's interesting. See, so uh, bartenders out there listening, if you make good drinks and you're wondering why nobody's sitting at your bar, that's because you don't have any friends. <laughs> so they just, just moved here. It's Give not, them a break. it's not that you don't make good drinks. You probably make excellent drinks, but you've got to make some friends. They don't care about the drinks, make more friends, less fancy drinks. You know, as a bartender, you should be wanting to make the most drinks, not 
I'm going to make three drinks tonight because one's going to take me 72 hours to sit over there and muddle, you know, uh, this, you know, imported dog hair with, you know, snake Hey, that's a $25,000 drink. They're going to get tipped well on that. Jesus Christ, you know, egg whites and popcorn and, uh, you know, bull's blood. Don't hate on my Pisco It's like, oh my God, what is happening to people? Like, just too crazy. It's like, what happened to just... A whiskey in a glass, you know. I don't want to eat my cocktails. That's the pro- that's the thing. I don't want to eat my drinks because I'm already eating my food. Just like I don't want to so drink. Are you, are you my mad food. when they put that black cherry in in your old fashioned? Uh, no, I do like that's my favorite part. It's <laughs> 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 so literally my favorite part. Yeah, first thing I pull out uh, right away. <laughs> no, I reward myself at the end. Oh, we made it to the end. Uh, it's time for the cherry. <laughs> All right, you like that reward at the end? I get it. I get it. Yeah, see, I just go get it out of the way because I just don't want it in there. You know, I typically don't like a lot of fruit in, you know, in my drinks. Um, I mean, I don't need a ton of fruit, yeah, but like, like you know, fruit. if I'm out on the beach, there's a couple of fruit. But sizes. I know how to make great fruit cocktails, though. That's the craziest thing. I can make the best cocktails that would please every 42 year old soccer mom in the city, you know, over brunch. They would just be, um, <laughs> you know, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved making cocktails. That's probably like my favorite thing to do, even over food. I think even over. So was that was food. that your clientele when you were in Dallas? Yes. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, you know, Dallas women, right? You know what I'm talking about? Just the, uh, the You know, exactly when you said that, that's exactly why I envisioned Oaklawn, Ross. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking here? Like, that's just, you know, McKinney Avenue. Yeah. I mean, these are the type of uh, people uh, come in. Tipwell. Everybody tips well up in Dallas. Make some damn good tips up in Dallas. Best tips i ever gotten. You know, $1,000. Boom! In your hand. Just like that. For nothing. You didn't have to touch nobody dirty. <laughs> you know? It you just is, had to talk to them nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really didn't even have to break a law. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is funny. So at the uh Trevor, silent Trevor, um, likes to um you know, he listens during the podcast and then at the end he always gives these great food truck names. because uh, we always like to think of like different food truck names, right? Like you, you, know, you just sit down and think of all these different names. So anyway, he has some good ones that we um, came up with or that he came up with. So let's see. Yum Kapoor. That's Ooh, actually, I like that okay. one. My Be sure be sure not to have unkosher things on that food truck. Yeah. Can there's, you a, there's, there's a guy that has a food truck here. I won't say any names and I won't say the food truck, but the Jews are not a fan of it because it's got it's it's got bacon on some on burger. Wait, it's a Jewish food truck? And they don't, and they use non-kosher stuff. Oh yeah, that's stupid. It's not even. It would be fine if it was non-kosher, but it's not even kosher style. That just doesn't make any. That doesn't make any sense. I, I'm trying to think of a. That that's like if you were a vegan place and you served steaks. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, he, it's way. not a Jewish place. It's yeah. just got Jew in its name. Got it. But so then you're but you're sort of. You know, throwing that lifestyle out there, though, mm-hmm. if in your na- you know, if you're going to use it in your name, yeah. you're kind of insinuating, yeah, we you know follow that. So yeah, that sucks. Um, okay, 
my hammy vice. <laughs> so not in Austin, like bread knots. So it'd be K-N-O-T, mm. not in Austin. Okay. Bruise Cruise. Um, it, it'd be a bar, burr shop, and liquor store. So brew, booze crew, so you can you know pick up some tequila ride and get a chop, real oh. quick. Oh. You can get a fade and get faded. Oh, I don't know if that's the going to be the tagline. <laughs> that, that's going to be a tagline. Yeah, <laughs> it, that would just be just it would just say get faded, and you would be like, which way? Both ways? I don't know. Get faded or get faded. <laughs> um, okay, long walk. Um, Asian doing Asian hot dogs. So the walk is W-O-K. Oh, so oh, long walk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long walk. It's all like on the that. it's all on the spelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always in the spelling. Uh this one's called Little Pricks. Um uh, <laughs> 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 That's my favorite one I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Please tell me what what's gonna Little Pricks is gonna have. Um it's just uh it's like a Chuck E. Cheese. No, I'm joking. It says tattoos. <laughs> And finger food. Okay. <laughs> little I was, bricks. I was definitely thinking little little mini sausages and stuff. It, probably what it is. You get yes. little mini. Um, what do they call those little sausages? They're called something. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know what they're called. They're called. Uh, uh, it's a German. There's some sort of German little mini. I don't know. Anyway, we, we might get um, some help from the peanut gallery. Then there's uh, cocktails. That it says mixologist story time. Oh, Vienna. Vienna sausages. Sausage. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Vienna. Um, yeah, little Vienna sausages and tattoos. So that's that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So you little, can get little pig in a blanket. You can action. get your girlfriend's name tattooed mm-hmm. at the same time you're, you know, knocking down some Vienna sausages. The last one is called cocktails. I, you know, I'm I don't know about that one. But story time, mixologist, it's a gay bar, maybe. Could be, could be, you know, you go in there and, and tell jokes. I don't know, you know, um, but that would be a weird food truck. Cocktails? Because you can't serve alcohol out of food trucks. Can't. Nope. nope. But you can Not have a food truck that's in a bar. Yes. Because the, uh, any, uh, place serving. Oh, tails versus tails. Got it. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw that, but still it's, uh, he, he it wasn't yeah, a winner he, for him. It wasn't a winner. No, I like it. Um, but it's not his favorite. You just you can't serve alcohol out of anything mobile. No, so it wouldn't work. You can do BYOB and just but you look, provide the, the best. The best food truck name ever. That's still not. I'm trademarked, so don't even fucking nobody try to steal it. It's still my sloppy seconds, and it serves sloppy joes sandwiches. He calls sloppy seconds. So it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Have you have you Googled <laughs> to see if it's around? Yeah, four years ago. Yeah, first year of Boca, I came up with that name, and I, and I almost I wanted to open that place. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna do a, a thing, a fast round here, Max. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So this is gonna be. We're gonna do. This is rapid fire, where I'm giving a yes or no, or like a, the name of something. Yeah. Well, actually. I, I, how much time do you have? Where, where do you got to go? You got to you got to jump out somewhere. Can no. I have can I have five more minutes? Sure. Okay, we're gonna take five more minutes because there's there's something we can all talk about here. This is a um, something I thought was an interesting uh, 
topic that I just want to get out of the way. One, real quick, this is something I saw on the news. Did you guys know that Snoop Dogg hired a blunt roller for a hundred grand a year? All this guy does is roll blunts for him. Sorry, I, I totally what rabbit trail. Dream. He I must to- roll a tight blunt. What kind of shit is that? I just saw that news. I was literally looking for show topics for here, you know, for us to talk about on the podcast. And I saw that Snoop Dogg hires blunt roller. That's all this guy does is you know is it's just blunts. like his best friend that he's using like as a tax write off to keep Snoop the guy employed. This, I'm, I thought Snoop had a blunt roll years ago. Right? Nobody thinks that guy's. He doing probably his did, own. but for like twenty five grand, now he's making it a big totally. deal, taking oh, it to geez. the next level. I just thought that was That's so crazy. That's the fuck you money right there. That's total fuck you money. Okay, so this is an interesting article. This is uh, 15 uh, red flags that you should look for when you're dining out. Okay, so these are things that if you saw, you know, be wary. Be, mm-hmm. be uh, you know, be careful. Um, okay, a huge menu probably means you're eating out of the freezer. What do you think about that? Do you agree with that red flag? Oh yeah, for sure. Go Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> that that thing's like ten Literally, pages long. If That's it, exactly what I think. If of. it has a table of contents, get out of there. <laughs> Just get in the car and go. Honestly, if it folds, it's too many pages. Uh, right? I'm not gonna go that far. No, if you're folding, then why are you folding? Look <laughs> at how many pages you got to add. That, that's that. but yes. three three pages is good for me. You know, uh, you're right. But a big menu, your cheesecake factory is a great example. <laughs> that thing is like they are the epitome oh of a God. book of things you could totally. eat there every day for an entire year and probably not get the same thing. I mean, that's you're right. That's crazy. The employees, but uh, you know, coincidentally, all the employees only get mac and cheese there. I don't know why. It's just an unspoken rule. Um, okay, second thing is for my NYC people, it says uh, grade pending doesn't mean that the restaurant is awaiting judgment on their health inspection. It means that they got a B or a C grade contesting it and were given a grace period to fix their wrongs. Okay, so I guess if you're in New York, you'll see something that says grade pending on the door like a, a stamp. And, you know, they're starting to put the health inspection scores on the front of restaurants, which I think is a good idea. I think you should know oh, that. Yeah, for you sure. shouldn't have to look it up. I want to know right away what kind of health score they got before I walk in this place. They don't I do that think. in Austin, right? No, they don't. You're not legally They just required. say that you're passed. Yep. You just, you pass or no pass. Mm-hmm. Now, the restaurant knows what kind of score they got. You can also look it up. You know, it's public records. Yeah, you can look it up. And and typically, most restaurants, they need a 70 or above, I believe it is. Um, you know, they're looking for in the 90s If you get range. below a 70, good Lord. You know... I've seen good restaurants get bad scores for stupid things because if you really knew what they discounted points for versus what they don't discount points for, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but yes, uh, uh, you know, if you see something like that, that means they've contested their score. So be wary of that. That's kind of a red flag. Sick wait staff. If restaurant owners encourage their wait staff to work while sick and don't help to find a replacement, you can count on getting sick too. Yeah, that's a good point. If you see like, Sick wait staff at a place. I mean, that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You see someone coughing and sneezing. What's the, what are the odds they're coughing and sneezing on your food while they're bringing it totally. out? Totally. But you know what's Hi. funny is most restaurants don't care if you're sick. They want you to come in anyway, and you work around food. That that's not an excuse to use at a restaurant. That's what's funny. No restaurant wants to hear you're they're sick. They're already short staffed because they think you're lying, and most of the time you are. I've lied tons of times, not being sick and not going to work. It's just hungover. 
Not even. I just didn't just feel didn't like going go in up, to the man. fucking place. It was so bad. You're just like, fuck that place. I'm calling in sick. It's like, Patrick, you've they've already taken out your kidney three times. Like, you know, yeah, well, I, you know, I'm a weird guy. What, what am I going to say? I got three kidneys. Uh, you know, you got to say anything you can. Anyway, okay. Number four, specials are just leftovers. They're things that we'd rather sell than throw out. That is true. God, For I the hate, most part, I hate that to hear that because I always want to get the special. Yeah. It always sounds so good. No, de- and definitely don't get, don't the, get fish. the special on Mondays. Mm. That's the worst day to get a special is Monday because that's from all the shit left over from the weekend. Monday is th- there's no special on a Monday. Think about it. Why would a restaurant invest on the slowest day of the week to put out some amazing dish for the three people that are coming in? It doesn't happen. Now, if you go to a restaurant and it's a Friday or Saturday night and it's a well-known place and they have a special, that is a special. Okay. Odds are that is an actual special. They got something in special, you know, a special protein or this, and they're using it. So if you ever see a different protein than what's on the menu, that is probably a legit special. But if you see a protein that's probably still somewhere on the menu, probably not a legit special. They're just trying to get rid of something. They've got too much of something. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just may mean it's not special, if that makes sense. Um, Gluten-free bases. We offer them because of sales, and somehow I'm expected to make gluten-free food in a kitchen that's been pelted with flour for seven hours. Yeah, that's a good point. It's really hard to get gluten-free at places. Even when they tell you gluten-free, there's gluten all around the kitchen. So even though the cook walked over to a little table, wiped it down with his little towel, and he only oh, it's clean, chef, and and you know, but got all the stuff out and and did it. Uh, you know, there's probably it's still around there. I mean, the entire restaurant would have to literally have never had any flour in it for it to be truly gluten free. Same thing with, you know, shellfish allergies, all that bullshit. Man, I wouldn't eat out if I had those fucking kind of allergies, peanut allergies. You're gonna trust your life to some Joe Schmo working eleven dollars back there? Don't give two fucks if you live or die. Why would you do that? I don't get these people, man. Anyway, be careful out there, folks. Um, <laughs> watch for no substitution. If a place makes it the own food, they can sub virtually anything for anything else. While they may try to play it up as our food is perfect and we refuse to change it on moral grounds, it's almost always a sign of this was made two months ago and all we do is reheat it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, I was at Smashburger in uh, the San Jose airport yet last weekend. Yeah. And they're like, no substitutions. Yeah. Like, you can't even let me take the lettuce off of it? Like, <laughs> I can see her putting the lettuce off of it. No substitutions. Are you kidding me? Like, come on, just take it off. I don't want it. Well, but that's not a substitution. That's a no, that's a, that's a subtraction. It's a sub- they, no, no changes, you know. period. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I get why some fancy restaurants do it. The chef has concocted a certain you know they're plated a certain way yeah. you can't remove something all of a sudden you know and, and it's not going to taste right it won't even look right it's plated a certain way uh, there's dishes that the ingredients hold up one another right it's all of a sudden if you're like oh i don't like beets or something you're like what the f- get the fuck out of here you know there's certain places you go you go for the chef and you go for the courses and you go for the dishes and if you go in wanting to make substitutions what stay the fuck home why are you going out to eat to these places? I'm sorry. If you're one of these people, no offense, but stay home. 
go to if, if you want to make substitutions that's what olive garden's for that's what tgi fridays is for i'm sorry but you know it, now if you're at a burger place and you're trying to get no lettuce no exp, burgers especially is what you customize burgers and tacos you customize so any place that doesn't allow substitutions on that kind of stuff is stupid that'd be like a pizza place that didn't let you customize your pizza yeah you know? it, i mean you can expect two things when you're going when you're asking for some crazy order at an olive garden you're gonna get some dandruff in it <laughs> if you try and do something crazy at a super fancy restaurant that's the same thing yeah <laughs> it's the same crazy people working in the back well that's true that's true they're no different you're right it's the same fucking dude that came from that place um yeah that's interesting um, okay, salt shakers. If the holes are clogged and the top is dirty, then that thing has been refilled a hundred times without being washed. Yep, that is true. Yes, yes. I yes, almost yes, never yes. use. Salt I would shakers. never use those salt shakers. Yes, they they don't get cleaned, and if they do get cleaned, you know what kind of towels get used? Towels that are gross and nasty and like have bleach on them and shit. Like cleaning pro. Like yeah, it's not good. So okay, I've heard that if you actually smell a fish at a sushi restaurant, it's in your Best interest to hightail it out of there. I believe that. Hmm. Interesting. If you actually smell fish at a sushi restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it's already going bad. Yeah, it's probably going bad. It's not the temperature. It's just not kept at the right temperature. So they might have stuff out and about that's not supposed to be out and about. Uh, brunch is just using up leftovers from the rush of the weekend. Generally the worst quality food and usually worth skipping. That's pretty much true. Brunch is if you're um, paying over fifteen dollars for yeah. a brunch plate, you're doing it wrong. Now, people places do create brunch menus and they bring in whatever, but a lot of the times they are trying to reuse ingredients that aren't getting used and proteins and like, oh, that's remember that stuff on Friday? We'll throw that in the eggs and make that on Saturday brunch. Like, of course. But look, th- this is kind of I kind of hate this because these are people that don't know restaurants that are putting these lists together, right? Because honestly, if a restaurant doesn't start utilizing food in these ways. It's not cost effective. Yeah. You can't, every fucking thing can't be this fresh, brand new, uh, you know, what the hell? You're paying $6 for it. It's not, you know, what the hell do you expect? Like, we have to move around. Tomatoes have to be used in 15 places on the menu. If I have this chicken, it's getting used five times on the menu. It's first we cook it and roast it and try to sell it that way. When it doesn't sell, that gets chopped down and then put into a chicken salad, and that's what you get. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's actually what you want of restaurants. So that that's that's kind of screwing up the list, you know, when you hear things like that. It's not the quality is down. It just means we're reusing things. That's a smart restaurant. That's a restaurant that's going to be around. That's a restaurant you can invest in. Um, learn to identify rochi as a smell, and you can nope the fuck out the door. <laughs> Same with bread, bad grease smells. Rochi as a smell. I don't know if that really has a smell. Like, where are you going to eat for Christ? Like, who are these people? I've never smelt a roach. So I mean, I have where? No idea yeah, what that sounds like. Do they have a candle for that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what a roach smells like. I don't. That doesn't. I don't know. Um, number twelve. A good amount of hot food isn't truly kosher or halal, and a lot of it seeming seemingly vegan food isn't. A skillet that cooks sausage during the breakfast shift might not have been washed before being used to blacken chicken. That's, or saute it's the same gluten-free thing. Yeah, it's the We've same thing I talked about. It, yeah. Exactly. Same thing I talked about. Um, if the restaurant, number 13, if the restaurant has a coffee machine visible, take a look at the steamer. 
If it's covered in white, it means that they don't clean it after frothing the milk. That's true. That is true. But mm, that can mean a lot of things. So I don't know about that. Um, Number 14, if there's a self-service soda machine, go ahead and take a napkin around the inside of any of the clear soda nozzles. If your napkin comes out pink, brown, or orange, skip the soda. Yeah, those um, soda machines... Those things don't get cleaned very much. Like, there's a lot of those components come apart. Same thing with the guns you see those bartenders using, like the little, uh, you know, gives you sodas and stuff, and it's got a little gun. Those things are hardly cleaned at all. Um, even the good places rarely clean them well. Um, overnight, overworked staff, um, you know, stretch too thin. Yeah. Okay. That's done. So, anyway. Well, that was interesting. We learned some stuff there. Um. <laughs> Did you learn anything there? I did. Oh. I learned, I can't remember, maybe number three or something. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Now we are, last call. Okay. So these are our quick fire questions to end the show here. Um, so we just want as quick an answer as you can possibly give, and we'll just fly through this as quickly as we can. Um, okay. You're going on a road trip, and you can only take one album with you. What is it? One album? Yeah. <laughs> We're going now five. Okay, good choice. Good choice. I like got, that. Got a nice mixture of. I artists. like that choice, man. That's like really. That's a really good choice. Um, the last meal you would ever want to have. Hmm. Wow. Not, not to be morbid. Yeah. No, you know, I. Growing up, I had this one meal. I hasn't thought about that. Before. Yeah. No, growing up, I had this one meal that I still to this day will eat and be super happy with. And it's a lamb chop with sweet potatoes. Okay. And super simple and made well. It's delicious. Right on. Okay. Um, what movie do you feel best represents dining? Dining. Dining, like eating, eating out. Do you think there's a movie that's good for that? I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I would have to say waiting. Waiting? It's probably... Yeah, the, the closest thing, as funny as it is, and as over the I, I, top th- as it is. That's the movie. That's the movie I was referencing earlier. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of is a lot of ways very realistic, <clears throat> and, and I hate to say that, but in a lot of ways, there's a lot of realism to that. Yeah, <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Who's your favorite chef? Do you have one? Um, you know, I don't really have a favorite chef. Uh, there's a lot of people in town that I think are making really good food, but yeah. I don't have a favorite chef. Who would se. you say? Let's just throw out a couple of names that you think are people that, you know, whatever. I don't know. Some chefs that you're kind of keep an eye on. or Yeah. I mean, I, I like, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, well, I like um, Ian and Crystal from Intero. I think they're putting out yeah. really good food. Yeah. Good call. Um, I good think call. that Daniel Brooks from Leech's Cantina and okay, now he's yeah. now he's part of Vespio and yeah. Enoteca. He's always made really good yeah. food. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, I like those guys. <laughs> I, I respect all their food choices. And nice. Usually, if they're putting stuff together, I'm. I'm there's eating a it. lot of. Uh, but there's so many good chefs that I'm chefs just not Austin, even right? mentioning. Yeah, totally. Like, I ate at Commodore last night with Bill Spears, and his stuff Amazing. was on point. Oh yeah, his shit is really good. He's a great chef. Um, okay. Where in the world have you not eaten, but you want to? Like, is there a specific place, you know, that you want to go and try the food? Country, a region, a city? Yeah, uh, I mean, I want to go to Japan. Japan, me uh, too. I've just because, like, they, 
everything they do is like so intricate and like they can take a cuisine from anywhere in the world and make it their own that's cool and uh the japanese are just incredible at doing crazy shit and making it taste good yeah i agree yeah i would love to uh, (laughs) like physically go to japan i've had a lot of japanese food yeah uh but to actually go there i agree Uh, i would would it's like probably number number two on my list of places i'd like to go where's what's number one uh i'm going to oaxaca okay Oaxaca, the cheese. Yeah. Best cheese in the world, in my opinion. Oaxacan cheese and mezcal. Yeah. I hear just the overall cuisine and eating environment there is incredible. Yes. yes. Uh, I used to live like two hours from Oaxaca. Great, great place. Oaxaca, Mexico, for those of you wondering uh, what we're talking about. Um, Favorite barbecue spot? Favorite barbecue spot. It's a loaded I know. We're in Texas. Uh, So... Franklin for the brisket is still the best. Yeah. Um, I've, I just had some ribs, some pork ribs from Jay Leonardi's. And that, they're the best pork ribs I've had. Boom. Um, and then I think between like Curlin and Micklethwaite, they're, they're putting out some some good barbecue too. Yeah. And law barbecue is solid, but you're totally. just waiting in the same line. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's the great problem to have mm-hmm. here even in Austin is there's so much great barbecue to go around even just a little shitty trailer you might stop at that barbecue will be better than most of the barbecue you get at you know some other place right if yeah. you're a traveler or something mm-hmm. so yeah okay cool um this will be interesting what's your favorite dish to cook at home to make it home <laughs> yeah <laughs> I knew it um, I knew it <laughs> favorite dish to cook at home the easiest one I'm I'm making making chicken and some rice super easy and then gonna, I, like what rice like in a, like you know minute rice like sort of thing or what are you talking about? Yeah. Sometimes I'll do like go a little crazier and get like the ten minute couscous. Okay. Oh but, shit. Oh, but shit. if uh, if I'm in a pinch, yeah, I'm going for that one minute rice. You <laughs> yeah. better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> chicken breast, just a simple chicken breast. Yeah, simple chicken breast, and I'm throwing like lemon pepper Boom. seasoning on it. Boom. Okay. Okay. Thought it would be a um, a breakfast dish for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, just make a breakfast taco. Uh, that's... You're done. That's easy, right? Yeah. Um, okay. How about an influential man you admire? Ooh, an influential... I'd probably have to go with my grandpa. Cool. I like so, that. So, like, he, he's kind of a self-starter. He was a dentist and then started a travel agency and then started a multi-million dollar company to get rid of needles and just dispose of it dispose of needles responsibly and yeah he's always kind of been like the, the ones in the hospitals you mean yeah yeah and oh. then they're like in walgreens and a couple other places yeah. and you just like you throw it in there and i know what you're talking them. about mm-hmm. i know damn that's cool yeah so and then he's always been like the the family person that brings everyone together and yeah. kind of admired that because like our family's super close totally and it's not like our family will get together and it'll be like oh it's, it's not a, it's not a chore i want to go and hang out and that's because of the environment that he set up over the years. That's really cool, man. Oh, that's a great answer. Um, name three... Oh, shit. <laughs> well, this will be interesting, too. Name three things in your fridge right now. Three things in my fridge right now. Jaime salsa, as always. Um, <laughs> then we got... We have a lot of bagels right now because people <laughs> brought over stuff from Yom Kippur and we oh, had a okay. crazy amount of yeah. bagels. <laughs> and along with side that, we have blocks right now in our fridge. Vlocks. Locks. Oh, locks. Mm-hmm. Nice. With the bagels, right? Yeah. To go with bagels. the bagels. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Um, well, that makes sense. Okay. Well, cool. Well, shit. That's it, guys. Um, that was our show. 
I want to thank uh, Max for answering all those great questions. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And man, I had a great time. Um, you know, we ate Hop Daddy burgers. Hop Daddy, pardon me. Damn it. Hop Daddy. So, you know, Google that. Hop Daddy. How do you spell Daddy? I don't know because it's not a word. They made it up. It's probably D O D D Y. That's my guess. That's correct. So, Hop as in Hop like a bunny. Hop Daddy. Um, you know, check them out. Great place. Great food. Burgers are great. Shakes are great. Um, and it was good to order it delivery. Wasn't too disappointed with that. But I suggest getting right on those fries right away. So anyway, uh, thanks to Max for joining the podcast. Um, and he is, you know, normally I send the guests home with a jar of the Jaime salsa, but I'm loaded up you're with loaded it. up with it. So he's not going to do that. Um, but I do have everyone goes home with a bottle of pretty Thai salsa. You want some of that? Pretty Thai sauce? Yeah. He doesn't want- make salsa. I mean, I said salsa. <laughs> sauce. You know what salsa is in Spanish? Sauce. So if I say salsa, that means sauce. Yeah. It's the same word. So, But different w- in English. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want some pretty Thai, we can send you home with a, a little thing of pretty Thai. Great. Huh? I'll take it. Boom. Um, so anyway, um, check out Jaime Spanish Village Salsa online. Great stuff. And also pretty Thai. Um, you know, for all your Thai spice and sauce needs. Honestly, you can put pretty Thai on anything. It's not just for the Thai food. 100%. When I'm making my bland chicken, pretty Thai sauce yes. all day. And <laughs> eggs, like your breakfast oh, man. tacos, man. Yeah. You get some of that, like, uh, um, you know, shit, any of the sauce. So- really, like. The Muay Thai, really. That just, Muay Thai is. It's a game changer. It's like the new sriracha, people. Like, that's what you want to put on everything. Your rice, your noodles, your eggs, your steak, your chicken, your fish, your shrimp. You're going to taste your... it by itself and you'll be like, no, it's not that good. And then you actually throw it on anything. You're like, wow, this adds so, so much flavor. A hundred percent. Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, check that stuff out. Can't go wrong. And every guest goes home with, you know, a bottle. So. Max will get to go home and, and try some of that stuff. Um, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, and make sure to follow me on Instagram, okay? Patrick Scott Armstrong. Um, and of course, check out um, the website, texasrealfood.com. Um, and again, want to thank uh, guest Max for coming over and eating some food. Silent Trev co-producing the podcast, making sure everything is legit. And um, yeah, great time with uh, everything today. So I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. This is the Lone Star Plate Podcast. Until next time.